0: what were you thinking welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets where to get them what to feed them and how to care for them you'll even find out why some people live with a monkey now here's your host exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. hey Bob what were you thinking Bill Bill book character Bill
1: Holm what huh Bill Did you hear that opening to my show? Absolutely not. Why would I...
0: You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey.
1: Did you hear that? Find out what it's like living with a monkey. That is an insult. Why? Why is it an insult? Well, where is What Were You Thinking recorded? Well, we're in my car. We're at the Muskegon Wastewater Treatment Plant. We're coming to look at birds like the American shoveler. Fine, but where is What Were You Thinking usually recorded. Oh, at your house? That's right. In this, this find out what it's like living with a monkey. Well, I'm not going to put up with that. That's an insult. They're calling me a monkey. Well, I'm surprised that the producer would let that be an introduction to your podcast.
2: Well, it's offensive. It's an insult. Yes, and it is. I'm not putting up You with, shouldn't
1: put up with it. Nope, nope. I am quitting the show as of now. Well, how can you quit when you haven't signed the contract yet. Oh, no. I'm... I'm trapped. Oh, Bob, where are you going? I... I I'm going to end it all. I'm I'm going to throw myself into a treatment pond. Bob. Oh, Bob! Bob! Oh, well. Bob seems to be uh, abdicating his role as a uh, podcast genius. So... Welcome to 1-800-BILL-HOME. Get free football picks. Three gold, four-star picks. Take the Colts and the points. Take the Chargers and the points. Don't take the Bears.
2: Hi, I'm Bob Tarr, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather, and I'm the host of What Were You Thinking?, a show about exotic pets. And with me today and every week is my wife Linda. Hey Linda.
3: Hello. Hi,
2: how have you been?
3: Good, good. Good. It's cooler today.
2: Yeah, it is cooler here in Michigan. Um, I'd like to start off by thanking book character Bill Holm, and Bill appears in both of my books. Uh, did I mention my books, Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather? I you did. Yes. I might have mentioned Enslaved by Ducks. Yes. Did I mention follow Weather? I believe you did. Okay, and both of those are about our animals. And Bill Holm, book character Bill Holm, he appears in both of them. And I want to thank him for appearing in that brilliant opening sketch.
3: Quote, unquote. Yes. Oh, I
2: mean, have you ever heard anything so good?
3: Never anything quite like that.
2: Now, you kids out there who are creating your first podcast... You can really take a tip from an old hand like myself. We've done what two of these now? Yep, something like that. Something like two of these. And uh, anyone who wants to create a podcast can uh, learn from that opening skit. Um, you know, I, I have some tips for you now. If you're going to do a skit, never write down any dialogue. Just assume you'll remember it. That's what Bill and I did. Um, <laughs> Don't rehearse anything. <laughs> Why spoil the spontaneity by getting things right, huh? Huh? And uh, if you do get things wrong, don't do retakes at all. Just assume oh, it's good enough. Okay? Now, I think you'll also find that you do your best work. You're at your most creative when you're sitting in a car. <laughs> so, especially if you're Ambient sitting. Ambient noise. Yeah, especially if you're sitting in a car and you're just about to do something else. Bill and I were about to go bird watching at uh, Muskegon Wastewater System, and uh, we decided to sneak in a little skit, and you, you can tell from the results. And then uh, finally, the last thing is, you know, it just plain doesn't matter if you forget to record something, you know, you thought you had to record, Do but... Do it again. Uh, Just plain doesn't matter if you forgot to record it, or if you go back to edit your skit and you find out you've erased some of the files. No, practice
3: makes perfect.
2: Take a tip from the old master. It doesn't matter. Now, all of these reasons and more are why that opening bit turned out so well. And also, that's why you folks listen to What Were You Thinking?
3: And don't believe everything you hear when Bob and Bill do a skit.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Okay, if you do listen to What Were You Thinking? And we hope you're going to listen. Here's a reminder that we would like to hear from you about your exotic
3: pets. We would love to.
2: Yeah. Now, your pet snake, your turtle, your parrot, your rabbit, your rat, frog, tarantula, ferret, in fact, any legal...
3: Anything unusual.
2: Any legal pet that you might have, except maybe a monkey, um, well, you might be a guest on our show.
3: You might love monkeys. Who knows?
2: Yeah. We don't advise having monkeys as pets. Um, For what I understand... There are no adult monkey pets that uh, people get monkeys as babies. They're
3: wonderful as babies, and then they dump they them because difficult. they get
2: aggressive, and it's it's not fair. And I think it's illegal in many states to keep monkeys. That's true. Um, do what we did if you want a pet monkey. Get a sock monkey.
3: That's right. Much easier to take care. Yeah, of.
2: Yeah, not so much trouble really. Add
3: the sock monkey. Add
2: is add the sock monkey, and uh, so anyway, if you have some exotic pets you want to talk about, uh, please email us. You can email me at bob at petliferadio.com and that'll get the ball rolling. And Linda, you had something you wanted to say.
3: Something I thought of about just a few minutes ago. If you have a question about your pet, either the behavior of your pet, something they're doing, something they're not doing, just anything about your pet you're curious about, send it to us in the form of an email and we'll read it on the air and get the input of the public. Maybe they have had the same thing happen that you had happen with yours and we can all learn from it.
2: That's right. Now you might have just heard Howard the dove in the background and uh, our birds are a little quieter than usual right I now. I
3: think it's the weather.
2: Yeah, it's really it's like gloomy. like 60
3: degrees outside today.
2: But uh, we are recording this from our dining room in West Michigan, in Lowell, Michigan, our fabulous dining room studio. Yes. um, Posh. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about a subject that Linda and I know a little bit about, and that's rabbits. Rabbits. How Mm -hmm. many rabbits have we had over the years? About nine. About nine rabbits.
3: Something like that.
2: Okay, now, lots of times when I tell people that we've got a pet rabbit, um, they look at me like I'm just a little bit odd. Have you gotten that reaction, Linda?
3: Uh, no, I don't, no, not really.
2: Okay, well, I think people just in general look at me like I'm a little <laughs> bit odd. I think that goes with the territory. But anyway, I'm trying to make the point that um, pretty darned normal people also have pet rabbits. And there's a uh, case in point joining us today is Julie Jacobson. And Julie, yes. Julie is a very gifted artist. She's a painter whose art has been exhibited at the Ward-Nass Gallery in New York City. And you can see Julie's work online if you go to www.wardnasse.org. Now, Julie and her husband, Chris, live in Murray, Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City. Julie works at the Arrowhead Dental Lab as a lab technician, and she talks to Linda today about a pet rabbit she had named Scoobit.
3: Yes. So you had a, a rabbit named Scoobet, right. and I, I'd like to ask you, first of all, how did you come up with that name? I'm just curious.
4: Well, when
3: we gave the rabbit
4: to our son, probably like about five or six, I thought it'd be cute because it was a little female to name it Turnip Rose. Turnip Rose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a flower. Uh-huh. And, uh... I don't know, for some reason
3: or other, he turned it has changed it to his own name, Scoobit. Oh, he? And did he ever tell you what? Did you just like that name?
4: You know, I had him write down a couple of memories about the rabbit last night. Uh-huh. He said he can't remember how he got that, but I think it was kind of, you know, like rabbit, Scoobit.
3: And now... Um... How did you come to get him? I mean, was this your first rabbit? or It was, and we wanted, um, it, it was a Netherlands dwarf. We wanted a tiny rabbit. Um,
4: they were so cute. I saw some in a pet store, and I thought it'd be fun, so we found a breeder in Salt Lake City. And um, my husband took my son there, and they saw this little rabbit. And she just, you know, had typical rabbit markings like you see outside in the wild.
3: So she was a li- little brown rabbit. Yeah, uh-huh, kind of with... with br- smallish ears. Yeah, a little tiny rabbit. And Maybe, I, people out there may not know, Netherland Dwarf, you said a Netherland Dwarf? Mm-hmm. They're small. There's a, They're a smallish rabbit with small ears that are upright.
4: That's right, and they often
3: call them a teacup bunny because they'll fit in the teacup. Yeah, they're very tiny when they're little. And how would you describe his person, or her personality? Well,
4: that was part of the thing when we went to pick her up. She was a year old, and she had lived in a cage her whole life. Oh my! She was taken out and handled, and so uh, she had her personality formed when we got her. And she was quite skittish, and um, she was friendly, but if you tried to hold
3: her, she would
4: bite. Uh oh.
3: So, did Scuba have any special quirks or some things that made her unique? Well, I'll tell you,
4: um, she she did in that she was skittish, you know, and we all knew that if we he held her, she would hide you. It felt like you'd like been burned by a cigarette. Oh, my, my. And, but she was so cute. She lived in a little house that my husband built in my son's bedroom. Uh-huh. And it just looked like a little house. And we would let her out of the cage, and we had hardwood floors everywhere except for the bedroom. And she, she was terrified of the hardwood floors, so it was kind of acted like a barrier. Mm-hmm. So she'd always stay in our son's bedroom. Mm-hmm. She liked the carpet. She did, and you could see her in there hopping around. It was hilarious.
3: So did she like to sit with you or your boy?
4: Well, and then we'd also bring her out on our couch, and she'd stay on the couch. It was one of those great big... Yes. And she'd hop around on that, and and she would sit next to you. But then, like I told you, she would bite you for no reason. Yes. That's that's how she was. But she was very friendly, and we had a cat.
3: Did she get along good with her? Well, you'd look under
4: our son Charlie. You'd look under Charlie's bed, and they'd be asleep together under the bed, not
3: touching each other, but near each other. How sweet. So cute. Did the kitty ever chase? The bunny or that never her hip. Sometimes when they play, they kind of chase each other. We've found.
4: Um, I don't remember them chasing each other because they were just in this little room
3: and. Um, they just kind of were pals. They just laid by each other.
4: They were kind. Of, they were pals, and the cat just came for the winter time because it was my mother's cat, and she'd go to Palm Desert, in California, during the winter.
3: Now, how long did?
4: How old did he? Did she get to be? Well, we moved to another house when she was about seven years old. Yes, that's pretty. Good. Good. Yeah, well, she was eight when she passed away. We lived into this house that were, there was no good place to keep her, so we had her down in the basement. Uh-huh. And I felt so sorry for her because she was down away from everybody. And so we built a little pen for her in the backyard that was part of the garden and we just put like a cage over the garden and so and she was really happy out there and but then after it was probably about four or five months she just seemed to be getting old and then she just one day i put her back into her cage in the house after a little bit cause i thought oh, maybe this is not good for her to be outside all the time uh-huh. but no it was nice weather and she just acted very strange
3: yeah wasn't herself
4: yeah, well, she was dying, but she was eight. And I...
3: That's a pretty good long age for a, a rabbit.
4: I, you know, last night I had my son write down some memories of the rabbit. Do you want me to... Yes, yes. Okay, he said um, one night he was laying in bed, and he looked over, and I uh, was just falling asleep, and he saw her jump a foot into the
3: air. <laughs> I've seen rabbits. I, I love that when they do that. Just boing. <laughs> just when they're feeling good.
4: Yeah, yeah, just boing. And then another thing that uh, he talked about, um, oh, and I'd forgotten about this. She nibbled on the door of the cage so much we had to replace the door.
3: Oh, my goodness. Well, a, white, a wooden door.
4: Yeah, well, the little hut the little house that was made out of wood.
3: They love chewing on wood. Uh, she did, and she loved
4: chewing on the cord in the, his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Her player's cord. Mm-hmm. Which we try to get out of the way, because it could be dangerous. Oh, yes. And so she did chew a little bit. She wasn't too pesky about that, because she didn't bother the bed that was wood. And, and then he also said that we kept a bale of hay outside the house and brought a small handful in office.
3: Yes, yes. That's uh, Timothy hay in particular is really good for rabbits. It's good for their digestion. Uh, puts roughage in there, and they seem to really like it. They can eat it all day long.
4: Mm-hmm. And then, and a lot of times, I'd look into the bedroom, and my son loved to listen to music when he was growing up, and he'd have the record player going, and we could see him dancing around, and the rabbit hopping all
3: over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> they like that, I think. It was so cute. When when you're animated, they're a little bit animated. They get excited over things. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was really happy. Oh, that's so nice. Is there anything you feel you learn from caring for a I would say it probably taught our
4: children, especially our son. It taught him how to take care of a pet.
3: Well, uh, Scuba, sounds like she was a wonderful little pet. And, uh, and never at any point in her life, she, didn't, she never did want to be held. No. See, and there's a lot of rabbits like that.
4: Yeah, my husband would try to hold her, but he put on some leather gloves.
3: <laughs> not taking any chances, huh? That's
4: right, that's right. And the kids, of course, being kids, they try to get her out from the bed, and sometimes, like she bit my son in the armpit.
3: They do not like being chased at all. So, well, thank you so much for speaking to us about her. And, and uh, I want to tell you the artwork that you sent us was so nice. And you have a real eye for scenery and for faces. Uh, I, I can tell it's something you love.
4: Oh, thank you so much. I, I do enjoy it.
2: Great. That was Julie Jacobson. And Julie was talking about a Netherland dwarf rabbit named Scoop It. Now, as I mentioned, to see Julie's art, go to the Ward Nass Gallery website. That's www. W-A-R-D-N-A-S-S-E dot org We'll be right back with more of What Were You Thinking? The show about exotic pets Right after this exotic message
0: What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room Don't go away
1: session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Oh, In my car! Oh! Okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, welcome back to What
2: Were You Thinking? I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather. Now, you'll find a lot of information on rabbits in both of my books. Well... I guess it's not really fair to call it information. Uh, My books aren't exactly how-to books. uh, Personal
3: experience.
2: Personal experience. Uh, To be more precise, you might say they're more like how-not-to books.
3: Mistakes that can be made with various animals.
2: Yeah. uh, But really, the ins and outs of living with rabbits, those are all there in the books. Now, Julie brought something up in her phone call that Linda and I talked about on our first show. If I can remember that far back, because we're real troopers when it comes to doing these internet radio shows. Um, Okay, now Julie mentioned uh, that she brought home Scubit and that uh, Scubit was an animal, a rabbit, (laughs) that didn't enjoy being held. Now, hats off to Julie for giving Scubit a home, but if you want a cuddly, wuddly little bunny... You definitely want to see if the rabbit can be held before you take it home, don't you, Linda?
3: You better check that right in the beginning cuz you can usually find that out. Yeah. A lot of times they're shy anyway when you first meet them, but sometimes you can tell if they're going to be very hostile. You might you wouldn't want to get that rabbit.
2: Yeah, um we we made that mistake with Binky. We brought home a rabbit that fought us all the way to the parking lot. We had to take him in a cardboard box to the car. And, very uh,
3: feisty little rabbit.
2: Yeah, and uh, I don't know why we didn't know better than that. I think We just we,
3: didn't. Have we never had one before. We didn't know how they acted.
2: We just kept thinking, he'll get better. He'll mm-hmm. get better. Uh-huh. And he never did. Never did. Now, what we did with our second bunny, Simon, is we held him and make sure he liked being held. He was a
3: very sweet, lovable rabbit.
2: And our uh, next two rabbits after that, Bertie and Rollo. You could hold them all day.
3: Very sweet. In
2: fact, Rollo used to like to sit on my lap uh, while I was watching television.
3: Very sweet rabbit. And I'd
2: pet Rollo, and, you know, he'd sit there all night, wouldn't he? Yeah.
3: N- Netherland dwarfs are bred to be docile and sweet.
2: Yeah, they are. And um, now his brother Bertie wasn't crazy about being held, but you could do it. You could
3: pet him easily.
2: Yeah, you could pet him. He loved to be petted. But Julie was talking about Scoobit, how uh, I think Scoobit was a little bitey if you tried to hold him. Yes,
3: that was his way of saying, don't hold me.
2: Yeah, but um, Bertie, even though Bertie wasn't crazy about being you know, like sitting on a lap, um, you could you could hold. he sit
3: beside you, and you could pet him sitting beside you, or in his cage. You love to be petted. Yeah,
2: but Bertie you could hold, and uh, he was just fine about that. So uh, that's something you want to bear in mind.
3: Don't try to make them sit on you if they don't want to. That will just make them afraid, and you don't want
2: that. Yeah. So start off. Start you, off just. Start off with a rabbit that likes being held. But again, let them
3: come to you. A good way is to lay on the floor and read a magazine or something, laying on the floor in the room where they are, and in time, they will walk up to you. And then you can just quietly put your hand down and pet them, and so they associate that with a happy time.
2: That's right. Now, that's after you've got them home, but we're talking yes. about before oh, you when bring you're picking them out. When you're picking them out, make sure that they like to be held. It helps a lot. Yeah. Julie also mentioned that rabbits like to chew electrical cords. Uh, we talked about this on the first show, too, you wouldn't think that a love for mangling and maiming electrical cords would be so widespread among bunnies, but it is. I've, I've heard that from a lot of rabbit owners that, uh, you know, they say, oh, I read your book about Binky uh, biting your electrical cords, and wait do you hear about my little guy. So uh, that's a very common thing. And- There's a
3: tingly sensation they get when they put their teeth to the insulation on that wire and it feels tingly. Uh, if they don't bite in all the way, they don't really hurt themselves, but you don't know if they're going to do that. But yeah. that's what attracts them to it. It's well, we, a tingly
2: Yeah, I mean, it must feeling. be that, because when we had Binky, um, he liked chewing electrical cords so much that I thought, okay, you know, I'll make it easy for him. So I took an old extension cord, I cut a piece off of it about two feet, three feet long.
3: Put it in the cage. I thing. put it
2: in the cage, kind of handed it to him. and Completely if, insulted. Yeah, I mean, you never would think that a rabbit could get a disdainful expression on his face. But <laughs> he took that <laughs> he electrical that cord, thing. he threw it. He He's, took it in his mouth. Who do
3: you think I am? He,
2: Kind of uh, shook his head, and he threw that electrical cord. He didn't want that. He wanted he the wanted, real thing. He wanted the, <laughs> he wanted the real thing. So, um, so how do we deal right now with uh, our rabbit Rudy chewing electrical cords? He,
3: this is not a rabbit that cares about electrical cords. Binky was one that was very, very bad that way, but most of our rabbits have not been bad that way you can put a barrier between them and the electrical cord. That's one good way. Yeah,
2: and another thing is that... Rudy, he pretty much stays in our kitchen and dining room, and there aren't a lot of cords here. Um, no. Our other rabbits used to come into the living room and they would go behind the entertainment center, and it's just, yes. it is cord and cable heaven behind that entertainment oh, center. Yes. And, and it was like spaghetti for them, a spaghetti yes. dinner.
3: So we had to block that all the time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: Plus, you can't get them once they go back there. That's
2: oh, no, no. Uh, you'll find out if about you, rabbits. If you're trying a rabbit thing, they for the love first to time.
3: hide. That's their prominent feature.
2: Oh, yeah. you it's Uh, If you lose sight of your pet bunny and he's got the run of the house, um, expect a good hunt. Because we had a lot of times where we were calling for the rabbit. And you know how futile that is to call a rabbit. Um, A friend of mine once uh, trained a rabbit to come for a treat food by shaking the bag. And uh, I guess that worked for him, but we never had that luck. No. Uh -uh. Um, Now, Linda, what are some other things that people should look for in a rabbit if they're going to bring a rabbit home? How, How about like friendliness? Do they
3: shed? That because, well, I, okay,
2: do you know about shedding when you go to pick one up? I guess you do. I, it depends I,
3: on what time of the year you go. They, I guess if they're a young rabbit, you wouldn't notice it. But there are certain breeds that do shed a lot. And yeah, oh, like, that's right.
2: You're, you know what? You're exactly right. Cause and if some, you don't
3: like fur all over your house, you might want to check that out beforehand. Yeah,
2: because there are long-haired and short-haired rabbits, and there's some rabbits called angora rabbits and you have to groom those angoras, All the time. you have to brush them a whole lot.
3: No, I do. I have brushed our rabbits routinely every night. Yes, yeah. I feel it's a very good idea, just in general. It keeps them from getting hairballs as much.
2: That's right. But, uh, but if you, you, you want a
3: friendly rabbit. You want to keep that in mind when you're looking at Does it seem like a friendly rabbit?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's no good if... Uh... <clears throat> the rabbit uh lets you hold it if it uh bites you whenever you put your hand by it when it's in the cage i mean they
3: seem bitey right from the get-go don't bring it home yeah
2: some rabbits are very territorial and um you know we we go to the fair sometimes and look at pet bunnies and there's uh, lots of cages that have signs that say don't put your hands in my cage i bite so it's kind of widespread and so you know we can't emphasize too much you want a a friendly rabbit. Um,
3: Read about rabbits, find some literature on rabbits and find out what rabbits tend to be more friendly and look for that particular breed.
2: Now also you want, when you're looking for a rabbit, you want one that looks healthy.
3: Absolutely.
2: Now um, we had kind of an unfortunate instance when, uh, uh, you know, rabbits don't live forever and um, we had a large checkered giant rabbit named Walter And Walter had a good friend named Bertie. And Bertie finally passed on. And Walter was quite sad because he was used to having his friend. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. So um, what we did was we went to see uh, a breeder we know who um, had some really nice rabbits. And so we found a really sweet little bunny that we brought home. And uh, it uh, didn't turn out too well, did it?
3: No, nope. it ended up being too young and we didn't know it.
2: Yeah, see, it was a tiny, tiny little rabbit. They
3: said it was weaned. They said it was perfectly ready to go. Mm -hmm. We came home with it, and it only lived overnight. And we were very upset with them because they hadn't paid close enough attention to see if that rabbit was weaned.
2: And here we
3: were trying to give it adult food while we didn't know it wasn't weaned.
2: Yeah, but I think there was something wrong with it, too, because I remember that um, it's... uh, Rear end, it was a little bit wet, a little
3: dampish. It, yeah, and that might yeah, so have been I think it had,
2: a, had some kind of bad digestive problem. So, um, and this breeder usually is very, very good with Reliable. really nice, friendly, healthy rabbits, yes. and she was very sorry about it. Yes. but speaking of breeders. Um, I can't emphasize enough that you don't need to go to a breeder or a pet store to get a rabbit. Please go to a house rabbit society. If you, if know, you
3: have one in your area.
2: Yeah, if you're willing to do so and adopt, or even uh, some animal shelters, and adopt a bunny that needs a home. Yes. You know that.
3: That's a kind thing to do.
2: Yeah, most of the animals that we have, and um, I don't know if we've mentioned before, besides all the birds we have, we also have five cats. And, um You know, every one of those was, um, of the cats at least, was an animal that came to us. And it's the same with... That needed
3: a home. It's the same with most
2: of our animals. Yes. So, um, now, we were just talking about Walter. How uh, Walter was uh, pretty sad after Bertie died. And so we uh, did go and get a friend for Walter and we got Rudy and you would not believe the difference it made in walter's disposition to have another rabbit um i remember we had walter in a pen down the basement and um uh we don't keep walter down the ba- we didn't keep him down the basement um he went
3: down there to play
2: yeah we uh, our rabbits had a lot of changes of scenery they had a um ca- they have uh like, like right now Rudy has a cage in the dining room and um He's, He's got comes an outside
3: out. pen that he goes in.
2: Right, right. And at various times, we've let rabbits in our living room, on the porch, and we also made kind of a play area in the basement. And that's where Walter was. Walter was in his play area in the basement and he was just very kind, kind of, of mopey, dejected. very mopey, and so we had a little pen next to him and we set down Rudy and you should have seen the change in him. He sniffed perked a little right bit, up. perked up, and he gave a little hop and that was one happy rabbit.
3: He really changed after that and now, got much happier.
2: Now Linda, why don't you talk a little bit about Bertie and Rollo, because those were two rabbits we had, they were brothers, and they loved each other but you couldn't put them in the same room together
3: they were when they were babies they were just fine together we brought them home and they were inseparable and they played together in rooms and chased around and laid by each other and were best friends but when they got well they were still quite young they might even have been still babies when um... they were both boys and I believe that we did have them neutered didn't we so we didn't think we'd have any problem with a, 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 aggressiveness or anything like that, because sometimes they do, and you need to get them neutered, and that's the end of the problem. But the thing about some rabbits, and many rabbits, is that they're territorial. After they reach a certain age, they've decided that this room is my room, or this area is my area, and even though they may previously have gotten along just ducky with the other rabbit, they will just up and decide to fight with them.
2: Yeah, once And that's what happened with Bertie and Rollo. Once their hormones kicked in... That's it. They, um, They're done
3: being friendly with the other rabbit.
2: Oh, and we would come in the room, and they would be rolling around. I mean, literally. Fur flying. Yeah, literally fur flying. Maybe that's where the term came from. We would find handfuls of hair of rabbit fur. Tumbling around fighting. Yeah, it was nasty. and uh, We they had made,
3: to separate them at that point. Mm-hmm. Because they were, weren't they in the same cage together they in were. the beginning? They were
2: in the beginning. We had to
3: get two separate cages. But at that point, they were all right. They could be friendly to each other with touch wire in noses between. if they had their own little separate cage with wire in between they would touch noses between the cages and sort of lay up on the so they would almost touch bodies between the two cages but they couldn't be out together
2: No they were they were just about inseparable as long as there was a separation between them right it was they it had was to very have their funny. own territory. Now we found out we got a large uh, was it a French lop rabbit named B? And uh, she was a female, and um, I think it helps keeping males and females together, especially if they're different size rabbits. We
3: had them neutered, of course. Yeah,
2: yeah, and um, Birdie and Bee got along, and Rollo and Bee got along. They could be out together, but of course, uh, Birdie and Rollo couldn't be out
3: together. And Bee was a great big, huge rabbit. She was a French lop, great big, huge rabbit, and Rollo was a little, tiny, Netherland dwarf, but uh, they liked each other very, very well. And she would always want him to groom her, and she he did. He groomed her face all the time, and I don't remember if she groomed him. She was kind of the queen. I think she just expected him to groom her. Yeah. But they got along just fine, but uh, not, not the two boys.
2: Now, um, eventually Walter died, and we were left with Rudy all by himself, and uh, so we decided to get Rudy a friend. So this time we went to see Chris. And Chris works with the Wildlife Rehab Center in Grand Rapids, and Chris had a lot of um, domesticated rabbits that people have abandoned. Yes, she had a rabbit rescue center. We're la- rabbit rescue center, and so that's where we got Frida. And Linda, why don't you tell the story about how Rudy and Frida met?
3: We took Rudy along with the hopes that we could find a rabbit that he liked. So we went in the backyard, and she had all different rabbits, and she had a very large trampoline in the backyard. And one by one, I brought rabbits over to Rudy, set them down beside him to see what his response would be to them. And the first two or three, he just, either they walked away from each other or he didn't like them or they didn't like him, well, you know, one thing or other. wasn't right. Some would chase him. Some would chase him. <laughs> anyway, the, the vibrations were just not right with the first few rabbits we set down. But then, um, when we Frida was the one that we picked out, this big white New Zealand rabbit, we set her down beside him, and they liked each other immediately. They were just sat side by side. They, I can't remember if they nuzzled each yeah, other or licked each other. Did. did they?
2: Mm-hmm. They got along great. Um, we took them home in the same pet carrier, and it was funny. After we first got them home, there was just very a
3: brief period. Very of time. brief
2: period of time. There was a little fighting, and not. Strong Not even fighting, for, just no. a little tussling, and we worried about There's it. was a but little
3: territory thing or something.
2: Linda called Chris, and Chris said, "Well, just give it, give it a little get time." And we day. did. And oh, did they get along?
3: They well loved each other.
2: I Best mean, friends. I remember seeing one of my favorite things is when I, I would reach down to pet Frida. And then Rudy would run up and um, stick his head right next to hers, so that yeah, you couldn't that. you couldn't pet Frida without petting Rudy. And they vice would lay versa. with their
3: heads together. And when you petted one, you were petting both of them. So that worked out great. You could pet them both at the same time. It was so cute.
2: Yep. So and they
3: always laid under the kitchen table together and groomed each other. It was. A, they had a very sweet relationship.
2: Yeah, we still have Rudy. Unfortunately, we. Uh, lost Frida due to an illness she had, but, um, you know...
3: She was a wonderful rabbit. She, New Zealand's make wonderful pets. They're very docile and sweet.
2: Yep. Well, okay, now, that's, that's really about it for this week's epic version of What Were You Thinking? And uh, remember, we want to hear from you about your exotic pet. We can't wait. So email us at bob at PetLifeRadio.com about your exotic pet, and you might be our next guest. You know what? You might be the next host of this show. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> uh, our mysterious producers might decide that we don't fill the bill. Uh, Your
3: tips might be better than ours.
2: Yeah. Uh, thanks to Julie Jacobson for sharing her memories of Scoobit, and thanks to those. Yeah, afore- thanks, Julie. Thanks to those aforementioned very mysterious producers, rumored to be a group of Eastern monks living in a high-tech cave in the Himalayan mountains. Mm. So thanks to you, our listeners, and thanks, Linda. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye
0: thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.